Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Darshawn McAway. You're tuned in to Wild WOW Podcast. By all means, go to wildpodcast.me. That's W-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot M-E. Now, today we have a special guest. We have Bob Brill, and he's here to talk to us about his latest book, Lancer, Hero of the West. Bob, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Darshawn. Real good. Matter of fact, got a lot of things going, so... Uh... Uh, we can get right to it as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Great deal. So tell me, what is this book about? Well, this is the actually the sixth book in the Lancer Hero of the West series, um, and it's slotted actually to be number two. Uh, and the reason for that is I have a new publisher, and um, <clears throat> there were five previous books. There will be ten, and uh, this is number six. But I kind of slotted it in to follow the uh, the first book. And you can read any of the books individually separately. There's not a, a trail or a continuous theme through any of the books, uh, although it's all about the same character. Lancer, Hero of the West. Lancer is a good guy gunslinger who uh, works out of Tombstone in the early 1880s. And um, he's a guy who takes assignments everywhere else in the country to either solve crimes or help people or do whatever he's going to do for a fee. But he's a wealthy guy, so the fee doesn't really matter that much. It's more of, um, you know, he's a really good guy. He's got a lot of high principles. Uh, he hangs out in Tombstone with Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and Virgil Earp and is a, a nemesis of the Cowboys, Johnny Ringo and Curly Bill Brocious and all the guys that were in that in Tombstone at that particular point in time. And this particular story, uh, each book is called uh, Lancer Hero of the West, the something affair, and that something is the city. There's been Prescott, Arizona, Los Angeles, Santa Fe, El Paso, uh, New Orleans, and this is uh, takes place in Broken Bow, Nebraska, which is the heart of um, uh, cattle raising country at that time. And he's hired by the Cattlemen's Association to go to Broken Bow to solve a series of uh, cattle rustling uh, situations that happen up there, and it becomes very entangled, very entwined, and people get murdered and stuff like that. So I don't want to breeze past something that you mentioned earlier. Now, I, I want to make sure that I heard this correctly. Uh, you have 10 books are coming out or they're in the works? In the works. There will be 10 eventually. Uh, like I said, this is number six. I write about one a year. And um, this year is going to be a little bit of a crunch time because I try to have them done uh, to debut them in April and the reason for that is I always do the Santa Clarita Cowboy Festival uh, every April, and as we do, I do the weekend there. And, of course, this year we didn't do it um, because of COVID, but uh, hopefully next year we will. And uh, But eventually there will be 10. The one I'm going to start writing now, I really haven't decided on the city um, where he's going to go. I did think of Deadwood, but Deadwood at, in the 1880s was past its prime. So I don't really want to go there. Um, and he may go to San Francisco. He may go to someplace else. I haven't decided yet. And uh, I've been a little late on starting this because I'm in the middle of filming a documentary uh, on another subject. And I just finished uh, recording the um, the audio book for Lancer Hero of the West, The Broken Bow Affair. Now, with these six books that are out, how do, how do you find that time to make them – they sound like they intertwine, but they also stand alone. How are you finding that time to connect these stories? Like, what's that process well, for you? Well, the the basic is he's got a new adventure every time. 
And the idea is that's a standalone book. And when I write my Lancer Hero of the West novels, uh, my goal is to write to about exactly if, if you are flying from New York to Los Angeles or Los Angeles to New York, you can pick up one of these books and read it, if you're a diligent reader, read it uh, on the flight and be finished with it at the end of the flight. And when you're going back, you pick up the, another one. So my goal has always been with the Lancer Heroes of the West series to make it a five-hour read if you read it straight through, or maybe six. Uh, and they run about 200 pages, which is uh, something I shoot for. And the way I, I, I've structured the stories is, like, like you said, they, they're standalones. They are kind of for, formulaic. In other words, Lancer always works out of Tombstone. He goes to the, the place that he's going to go to. He's got to travel there. And on the travels there, he always meets a legendary hero or a legendary character from the West. Uh, he may meet, um, well, in the previous book, he met up with Geronimo. And there was an incident with Geronimo, as well as another character who I won't mention. Uh, that was in the book to El Paso. This one he meets up with uh, two other um, legendary characters. And the thing about legendary characters in the West, they're legendary because they told their own stories. They made up stuff about themselves. So it's pretty pretty easy to entwine them in. And then each book, I unveil something more about Lancer's past. Now, Lancer's not his real name. He came from something else. He was a, uh, a Civil War veteran, a youngest uh, officer ever appointed on the, on the battlefield. Uh, he came from a rich family. His father was a merchant, um, and he traveled the world So growing up. So there's all these things that Lancer does and is, and each book I reveal a little bit more to keep that interest going so that you kind of want to find out more about Lancer as the books go along. So what's your driving factor into writing these stories? Like what's that, that moment for you where you're just so motivated and you say, okay, i got to write this story down. What happens for you <laughs> in that time? Well, I grew up in the 50s and 60s when almost everything on television was a Western. And my father was a big fan of the Westerns. I became a big fan of the Westerns because we would sit down and watch these together, right? And I go back and, matter of fact, when I work out, uh, every day I, I do about 30 minutes on the treadmill, I watch mm-hmm. old episodes of my real hero, The Long Ranger. Okay. And so that's 24, 25 minutes. I know the time frame. It's mindless, um, easy to follow stories that don't get too complicated. I don't have to think too much, you know, and they're pretty much the same. So uh, the motivation really was me and my dad. And I want to, I've designed this to be like said, 10 books. And I know how the 10th one's going to end, which I can't tell you obviously, but <laughs> I know how that's going to end and I know where that's going to go. It's the other three that I've still got to figure out yet. But the motivation comes from the times with my father. I'm an historian. I mean, I love history, uh, whether it's, a matter of fact, the documentary we're doing is on the 50th anniversary of the Silmar earthquake, which I was a senior at Silmar High School at the time, and uh, in 1971. So, and coming up in February is the 50th anniversary. So that was kind of a passion project, but it's history, and there's a lot of history involved in that, and lessons learned, because to me, that's what history is. It's, you know, you learn from the past, so you don't make the same mistakes, although we constantly do, because we forget about history. 
So that historical aspect for me uh, and my dad is what drives me to write the Lancer Hero of the West series. Now, it sounds like you have a great relationship with your dad. Is Lancer based off of your dad? No, no. Um, my father uh, passed away about 37 years ago. Um, Sorry to hear that. He, no, it's okay. He, he lived a good long life, and uh, he was a great dad and uh, loved him a lot. He was a very quiet man, but, you know, he just loved the Westerns. But he told me when he was growing up, he read every Zane Grey novel ever at least once. And so that's where he got his love for the Westerns. And then I, I guess sort of osmosis or whatever, um, gave that to me. And I love the Westerns growing up. My favorite films are, are Westerns, High Noon and um, uh, the um, the Horse Soldiers. And, of course, everybody's got to love uh, uh, <laughs> Blazing Saddles. You know, yeah, if you don't yeah. love Blazing Saddles, you know, you don't love a Western of any kind. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so those three are probably my, my three favorite Westerns. But, and, I, and the thing about Westerns is you can, like, be watching – Netflix, no, forget Netflix. You can be watching, you know, HBO or whatever cable channel, and you sit there and you're just channel surfing, and a Western comes on that maybe you've seen a hundred times, and you watch it for a few minutes, and you watch it till the end, because there's those scenes that you're so familiar with that are so, not real, but they're Americana, I guess you might want to say, and they're just good scenes. And I'm, yeah. I'm a screenwriter, so, you know, I enjoy this so much. And uh, my wife uh, talked to me the other day. She goes, I think she was hinting that I was stuck in the past because I was watching The Lone Ranger while I was working out. And uh, it's not. It's it's, it's sort of just an easy fallback to take your mind away from all the other things in life. You know, and that's one of the things I love about Westerns is it's a different era. It's a different time. And, you know, sure – the stories were all made up and they were bigger and every, and most of the movies you see are not anywhere like the real story. Tombstone was. I mean, uh, the Kurt Russell movie was so dead on to what happened. Uh, and it was probably the best of the stories of Wyatt Earp and, and those. But, uh, that, that's, that's kind of where it's at. So let's get into that screenwriting that you mentioned. Uh, sure. can you tell some of the listeners uh, what would be that approach or kind of that how to get someone to notice their screenplay? That's a tough one. Uh, I'm still doing it myself. And I've written oh, about 23 plays, plays and pilots, still working on the first cell. You know, I've got three of them out there that are now with producers that are looking at them, and uh, which is kind of, which is great. You know, you don't count on anything. Um, but screenwriting is one of the first things that agent told me. Screenwriters don't write novels and novels don't write screen, screenplays, mm-hmm. which they're totally different animals. They really are. It doesn't mean you can't do it, uh, but it usually doesn't happen that way because the novel, you got to describe pretty much everything. For the screenplay, you describe almost nothing. You know, let, you know, it's all about show, not tell. Let the video show or let, yeah, let the, the, the audience see what's happening rather than give them dialogue to tell them what's happening. Now, you know, I, I've seen some short films that had no dialogue at all. Didn't like them. Um, you know, I think everything has to have some dialogue, but maybe not. Uh, I mean, the thing about writing screenplays 
it's it's really difficult because it's not writing 101. It's totally different. You know, no, no matter how many books you read on screenplay writing, there's still the basics. And the toughest part about it all is, number one, if you get somebody to read it, for them to understand what it's about. Because mm-hmm. they can't see a vision that you see in your head that you tried to put on paper. And since you're right. trying to do it with limited words and, you know, and limited description, um, it, it's very difficult. And that's why you may submit it to five different producers and all five will have the same answer and say, they'll pass that hated word, I'll pass. And they all may pass for different reasons. One may not have understood the story. One may have said, you know, you didn't get into it. You didn't grab me fast enough. Uh, I didn't like the dialogue. It's not for me. You know, uh, whatever it is. So screenplay writing is very, very difficult. And for those who win Academy Awards at it and get major movies produced, it is it is a monumental task. And those people were extremely talented because they grasped it. Hmm. So let's tell the audience where they could, you know, possibly follow you on social media and definitely purchase your books. Sure. Uh, first of all, if, anytime you Google my name, Bob Brill, those two words, uh, I come up usually 12 of the first 13 uh, in the Google searches. Uh, if you Google Bob Brill Reporter, because my, my career has been radio for almost 50 years as a newscaster and reporter, um, you know, if you – Google that, you'll see a whole lot of different stuff about me. But, of course, you can find me on Amazon. And sometimes the, the latest book, because I have a new publisher and they're published on their site, uh, through, and it's available through Amazon, it's a little difficult to find. But the other place you can always go is bobbrillbooks.com. You can always okay. reach me through there. You can purchase any of my books through there. Uh, and you can also, uh, you know, just email me if you're interested and find out more. And I write a weekly um, uh, column uh, online called Baseball in the 1960s, where I also give away a $10 trivia question every week for the Starbucks gift card. And uh, I do a couple of podcasts. So I'm kind of out there. Or you can just go to BobBrill.com. If you go to BobBrill.com, there's links to all that other stuff, including BobBrillBooks.com or BobBrillFilms.com. So, um, because I, I do have four short films out there, uh, and the last, latest one is a western. Uh, they're anywhere from nine to eighteen minutes long, uh, and that one's a good one. Um, so, yeah, just Google me, Bob Brill, and you'll find me pretty much everywhere. But Bob Brill Books or Bob Brill Films or Bob Brill dot com will get me. Now, before we wrap up, um, something that you mentioned earlier: uh, mm-hmm. why Broken Bow, Nebraska? Well, I was looking for a city where it was out of the areas where I've, you know, I've been to El Paso, Los Angeles, um, Prescott, Arizona, um, New Orleans, and Santa Fe. Those are all pretty big cities in the West. Uh, Prescott, not as big at the time. Um, and I was looking for a smaller city, but I wanted to incorporate something about Cattle Kate. And Cattle Kate was a legendary figure of that time, and she spent most of her time in Wyoming and Nebraska. And I thought, it's got to be a place. I, I Believe me, Dasha, I, I searched high and low for a city that existed in western Nebraska, the cattle country, mm-hmm. at that time. It was a city. And uh, it, it took me months 
it literally took me months. And finally, I latched on to Broken Bow. It's uh, just a, not about maybe 100 miles from a military outpost out there uh, that I could incorporate. It's fairly close to the Wyoming border where I can incorporate that part of the story. And it was big cattle country. And he had about large cattle ranches. So if I decided it was going to be a story about rustling. And more than that, it was going to be an intrigue story about uh, corporate greed in the 1880s. And um, if you read the book, you'll find out more about how that is all entwined and the trail of bodies that get, gets left behind. Um, um, and I say that. But I also know that if a teenager is fine reading these books, I'd always, you know, there's usually a little bit of sex in, in the books, um, uh, not, gra- uh, not graphic anyway. But yeah. um, if, uh, if if you're a mom or a dad and you have a teenage son who wants to read it or a teenage daughter, I'd, you know, take a look at it first. It just might be uh, something you, depending on your religious or moral beliefs, but uh, they're they're pretty tame otherwise, so. Well, I'm your host, Darshawn McAway. We're talking to author Bob Brill, and we're talking to him about his latest series, Lanza, Hero of the West. Bob, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Oh, Darshawn, I love it. Thank you so much for having me here. No problem.